In the morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, how are you today? You're listening to St. Mark and Bemidji's podcast, a podcast with its feet firmly grounded in the word, its hands dirty in the work at hand, and its eyes fixed heavenward, looking forward to the return of our King. All good podcasts operate on the concept of value for value, and ours is no exception. How it works is, we as the podcasters, we give you content, free, up front. No creepy advertising trackers, no fees, no personal information required. And in return, all that we ask is that you give value back in the form of your time, your talent, or your treasure. Except, we have no interest in your treasure here. But if this podcast has value to you, and if you're still listening to me, and especially if you listen consistently, it must have some value... I ask that you would give back something in the form of your time or your talent to spreading the words of God that we ponder here. And one of the easiest ways to do that is to just simply share the podcast with someone else that you might think would also find it valuable. You can share it through your podcast app, you could text a link to them, or you could just write it down, whatever it takes. Believe it or not, the season of Lent is right around the corner. And that means more opportunities to dig into and learn in the Word. It also means more opportunities to fellowship and eat. We'll have meals served before our Divine Weekday services on both February 14th and March 13th at 5.15 p.m., followed by our service at 6.30. There might be even more coming up on Wednesdays, but we still got to work those details up. So stay tuned. Come in your work clothes. Come as you are. Also, This Saturday, February 10th, our church will throw a gala as a fundraiser for our school. Come and dress up for a night of fun and entertainment. We'll be having a silent auction as well as a dessert raffle. When I heard about the dessert raffle, I got concerned because I'm pretty unlucky with raffles. But I was assured that there will be a regular dessert for the rest of us. Today, our sermon comes to us from Timothy Church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. Pastor Allard delivers a meditation titled, The New Teaching based on Mark chapter 1. Grab your Bibles, and let's listen together. The Word of God before us comes from Mark chapter 1. We read just a portion of that lesson. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So far the word. In the town of Capernaum, Capernaum, nestled right there along the seashore of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee, a small synagogue hums with anticipation of the Sabbath, the Sabbath worship. And people gather their faces, uh, a mixture, a reflection of faith and curiosity, Because this day, even though they don't know it yet, is going to be unlike any they have experienced before. And sure enough, as the crowd settles into its places in the synagogue, a stranger enters. Who is this guy? The ruler of the synagogue must have invited him to preach today, because that's how it's done. But isn't this, now that I think of it, this is the rabbi who we just started hearing about. What's his name again? Yeah, that's right, Jesus. But wasn't he baptized by John? Doesn't that make Jesus a disciple of John? And I thought nobody's supposed to listen to John anymore. That's what the church leaders tell us. So why is Jesus even here? But Jesus takes his seat 
to preach before the people, as was the custom in that day, to preach while seated. And the people instinctively leaned forward, eager to hear what this new upstart rabbi has to say. And Jesus begins to teach. And the eyes of the people grow wider and wider as Jesus speaks. There is something about this guy, the people think. His insights, they are going beyond what any of the teachers of the law have spoken to us here in the synagogue in the past. And even as things go into a relative calm, as Jesus is teaching the people and the people are listening, suddenly another stranger comes into the synagogue. And there is this exchange, this crazy exchange between these two new people, Jesus and this other man, And after this quick exchange, the newcomer convulses and screams, and the people are in shock. Just shock. They gasp, their eyes widening with fear and astonishment. He, this rabbi, Jesus, I think he just cast a demon out of that guy. The people were about to summarize everything that they just saw and heard from Jesus as this new teaching and with authority. So, dear sisters and brothers, guests of Timothy, let us listen to this new teaching today. And yes, just like the Capernaites, be amazed at what you hear and see. But don't forget to focus on what's most important. The words of a demon, I will now quote them again. What do you want with us? Now, I could put before you, yes, this could be just like the man in the cemetery in the region of the Gerizines who they tried to chain the demoniac, and yet he would just break those chains like they were nothing. This could be like that when Jesus said to him, what is your name? And the demon says, our name is Legion. My point is, this could be when the demon says us, hundreds or thousands of demons inhabiting that one human being. Apparently, space has little or no meaning to demons. But I would submit to you a different opinion as to what it is. And I quote from Matthew 4, this is at the end of 40 days of grueling temptation from the devil to Jesus, and Jesus said to the devil, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil left him. You bet the devil left Jesus because he had to. This is what I would submit as my opinion of what the demon is speaking of when he says, What do you want with us? Word had gotten out and had spread quickly, but not in our realm, in the spiritual realm, from demon to demon as they communicated with each other. Did you hear? Lucifer. Yeah, the prince of demons just was roundly, soundly defeated. And what's next for us? And surely this demon was saying and thinking that, what do you want with us now, now that you defeated our so-called leader? And very quickly he got his answer. Quiet, Jesus saying, I do not need demonic witness as to my testimony. 
and come out. Now, let me ask you, you know what a hostage negotiator does, right? We're all familiar with that. Their, their job is not one I envy. Their job is to basically talk somebody down from doing a horrible criminal act and give up whatever weapons they have, give up their hostages, and then just give themselves over to the police. In this lesson before you, do you see Jesus doing any hostage negotiation? Because that's what this is. The demon is the criminal, and the hostage is the man he is possessing. Do you see any negotiations? I see none. Do you see anybody in that synagogue getting up and saying, Jesus, can I help you? Does Jesus need any help in what he is doing with this man? And do you see Jesus compromise at all with this man? No compromise. It should not surprise us that this very same Jesus, this very same God, who spoke from Paul through Timothy to Timothy, I quote from 2 Timothy 2, listen to this, avoid godless chatter, because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly, and their teaching will spread like gang green. Among them are Hymenius and Philetus, who have departed from the truth. You cannot compromise with a lie. If Jesus were to compromise with the demon, what would the end result be? If Jesus taught us that it's okay, some, you know, Christians, it's okay if sometimes you compromise for the sake of the truth with some lies, what is the end result if we give ourselves over to that? Eternal death. So do not be surprised when we see Jesus with no help, no compromising over the truth, say, come out, and that demon came out. And for the first time in how many months or years, that mind of that man was finally quiet. But as we think about that gift, The demon itself was still there. The demon spoke in those last seconds to Jesus. And what thick irony when the demon says to Jesus, have you come to destroy us? It's just the opposite. Jesus could tell that demon, I have want nothing to do with you. I have judged you already. And I have not come to destroy you, demons. You destroy. Do you see how quickly, like breathing air, the demons flip the truth? Oh, here comes, look, people of the synagogue, here comes the great destroyer. Be afraid. No. Jesus came to bring life, and he demonstrates it by liberating that man from the demon's control. If there is one thing that we could say that the demon got right, it is this. Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy One of God. Again, the irony that the demons knew exactly who Jesus was, and yet, and yet how slow the humans were on the uptake as to who Jesus was. How long did it take before Jesus finally got that beautiful confession, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God? 
And how much longer did it take for Peter and the other apostles to bring their belief, their hearts, and their lives in alignment with those beautiful words? And yet, in spite of how long it takes for people to understand what Jesus is and what he teaches, he did not leave that synagogue. He stayed and continued to preach because he wants to leave us not with fear like the demons have. Notice that theme. They're always afraid of God. He wants to leave us with hope. Hope is quite a gift. Because it can get us through the hardest of times if we know something good is coming. Hope. Malala is the name of a woman from Pakistan. Malala. I'm not going to say her last name because I'll probably butcher it. But she was born in 1997 in a place called Mingora in Pakistan. And she faced extreme adversity due to her goal and mission because of the Muslim regime. Her goal in life had become, I want every child to be able to get an education. Every child, including girls. This became her goal in life, the importance of education for all. And in 2012, she was shot in the head for that goal. End of story. The Muslim gunman won the day. No. She survived, and her resolve to advocate for the education of all children survived and only was strengthened. Her hope for a world where regardless of gender, you can be educated and have some prospect at getting a good job propelled her into international prominence. And she wrote a book, a memoir called I Am Malala, and she continues her advocacy work to this day on a global scale. And she became the youngest ever recipient of the Nobel Peace Prize. I think there are many people who have gotten that Peace Prize who do not deserve it and should never have gotten it. I think she is one who very much deserves it. She has hope. And it got her through a shot in the head. The hope of meeting our maker and the one who loves our souls. What can that do? And what makes that hope even possible? Well, allow me to read what makes that hope possible. I'll read it in our lesson. It's right at the beginning. I read. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. That's it. Jesus, gathering with the faithful to worship around the truth of God, is what makes it possible to meet our Maker. And Jesus would continue to do that meeting because Jesus needs his faith strengthened in God? Hardly. Of course not. But he's teaching us that we do. And Jesus would meet as long as he could. Eventually, he could no longer do it. Eventually, we find out that anybody who said Jesus is the Messiah would be excommunicated from their respective synagogue. But Jesus continued to come while he still could. And when the people heard him speak, They knew instantly, even if they couldn't put their finger on what it was, there was something different about this rabbi. Listen to his authority. Authority is right. When the author of the book is the one actually speaking to you. 
This is no different than anything today. Do you think Joanne Rowling, otherwise known, known as J.K. Rowling, it sounds a little bit different when she reads her Harry Potter books than somebody else reading it? Do you think she knows what her characters would or would not say in spite of what her fans might think? Who is the definitive authority on who Harry Potter is? It's J.K. Rowling. Is it not the same for Jesus? When he stood before those people, they knew something was different. You're right. The author of the book is speaking to you now. And if only they knew in that moment. And he never spoke the words that so many preachers in that synagogue had before Jesus. The words, Ko Amar Adonai, thus says the Lord. Thus I am passing on from the Lord to you a message. Jesus never said that. He spoke on his own authority, and he spoke without fear. The precise opposite of the demon, who only knew fear. Jesus was the only preacher they ever had in that synagogue who spoke absolutely without fear. I'm sorry to confess this sin to you, but I, any other Lenten time preacher who comes here to preach, any other preacher you ever hear, has some level of fear some level of fear over what people might think if I preach this or don't preach that. We're sinners, but not Jesus. And the people understood this. And so they said, what is this new teaching? Well, you know what? I'm going to critique their critique. They're wrong. It wasn't a new teaching. Instead, it's this. There is the teaching that comes oh so naturally to us. In fact, it's there on a gut level, the moment we're conceived, which is, I need to do some amazing thing. Like climb Mount Everest faster than anybody else. Like move heaven and earth to win a convert for Jesus Christ, and then God's going to notice me. He has to. And then God comes along with his law and says, be as perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. The new teaching which will always be new because it is so unnatural, is I, your God, am going to do the amazing thing. Now watch as I die. That is always new. And yes, because of that nature in us, we need to be reminded of this new idea of the amazing thing Jesus did on the cross. When Jesus does something like that, he says, I made a promise. I made a promise to you. And I will keep it. And the people heard. And they saw. And the news that day came flooding out of that Capernaum synagogue out into the region of Galilee, did you hear what this rabbi Jesus did? The news spread quickly, no longer just in the demonic realm, the spiritual realm, but in the material realm, from human to human. Now I want to ask you, I'm curious, what parts spread? What exactly spread? I'd be a betting man who would be willing to put a bet down and say the first thing that people spoke of most of the time was him kicking a demon, exorcising a demon out of a man. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him, right? But what's most important? Truth. 
The authority of Jesus is not just a merely a dusty historical account. It is an amazing living truth. And the truth is what matters above all else. It changes our lives by changing and giving us hope today. Not just for the future, today. So yeah, Jesus spoke with authority and commanded the unclean spirit. So what do you think he can do in your life? If he can exorcise demons. The same power that shattered those chains of darkness in Capernaum is available to us now. Even in the midst of our fear. Even the fear of death. And yes, may God then make us channels. May he make us conduits of that authority of Jesus Christ. Sharing the light of forgiveness with those that we encounter. So be, be an amazed witness of the forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ that comes from surrendering. That's the word. Surrendering to his authority. I'm willing to also bet you today that that man who no longer had a demon was very happy to have surrendered to Jesus Christ. Surrender to the authority of your God. Yes, what is this? A new teaching, and with authority, will praise be to Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy One of God, because you know the answer. Amen. I sincerely pray that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Didn't get enough of God's Word? Are you missing out on that in-person fellowship? We hold divine services right here in Bemidji, Minnesota, at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. We also live stream our Sunday divine service at 8 a.m. You can ensure that you are notified when a stream is live or a new podcast is available by subscribing to our YouTube channel. It's easy to find by typing in St. Mark Bemidji in the search bar and clicking on the subscribe button. Want to listen to meditations the way I do every day? Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Go to podcastindex.org and search for St. Mark Bemidji to find us. This is our fifth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarksbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again, www.stmarksbemidji.org. May God bless the rest of your day.